Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good day, everyone. This is Tony Mosca with your high school sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for everyone. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Joining me this week, Sierra Canyon head coach John Ellinghouse in his 13th season with the Trailblazers, 11th as the varsity coach because you started the program um, with freshmen and you've had a varsity team for 11 seasons. Is that correct? First off, thanks for having me, Tony. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to be here. And uh, yeah, that's correct. We actually started as an eight-man program. So this is the 11th year of having um, 11-man football. And you were, you were coaching at Chaminade, and you left Chaminade after not getting the head coaching job. What was that like for you? And would you have stuck around at Chaminade if the Sierra Canyon job didn't open up? You know, I, uh, I I spent uh, five years at Chaminade and worked under a great guy named Ben McEnroe, who I, you know, consider probably my mentor in football and a guy that I learned a lot of football from. And uh, we had a great run there. You know, we, we kind of got the program going in the right way, the right direction. And, um, you know, I, I interviewed for the job and, and uh, thought, thought in a lot of ways I was going to get it. And for whatever reason, they went a different route. And I was really devastated. It was a, a tough time in my life. I, I just, uh, it was something that I really wanted, something that I felt I was ready for. Um, but, you know, now that I've gotten a little bit older, I've kind of found that the, the world kind of works in, in funny ways. And I think things happen for a reason. And uh, not getting that job that year was uh, devastating at the time. But, you know, looking back, I think it was, uh, you know, one of the better things that's happened to me because Sierra Canyon has been uh, an incredible place for me and an incredible opportunity. Now, how long has Sierra Canyon been around as a school? You know, Sierra Canyon's been around uh, right around 50 years, I believe. Um, and it started, it was a preschool through eighth grade. And it was founded by two great guys who uh, started the school and uh, created a great place. And when they got close to retirement, their last dream was to uh, to start a high school. And so they, uh, it's Mick and Howard is their name. And they... Uh, Decided to sell it and, and create a nonprofit organization and get a board of directors and hire a, uh, a headmaster. And they did all that. And uh, I can tell you the change that I've seen in the 13 years I've been there has been unbelievable. And uh, it's been a wild ride, but a fun ride. And it's uh, the school is just a really a great place. When you got the job at Sierra Canyon and looking back at your coaching career, what were the first five things you knew you needed to do as a head coach starting a football program? You know, it's kind of funny, you know, especially when, when in times like we've had in the last couple of weeks where we've had some success and, you know, drawing Trinity League teams as our first round opponent. It's, it's you know, my, the staff that's been there with me, we just kind of sit around and laugh um, because I remember uh, – you know, getting hired at Sierra Canyon and our, our practice field was Mason Park and we didn't have any lines on it. And uh, we had six kids show up to our first practice and uh, would walk into the grocery store wearing a Sierra Canyon shirt and nobody had ever heard of it. And, uh, we, you know, we faced a lot of challenges and, and uh, it's been fun to watch it grow. You know, I think our first uh, there was a lot more than five challenges when we took this job. You know, we had a we didn't even have a campus yet. And uh, there was 100 students in the school and None of them were interested in football, um, but uh, 
I think, you know, the first thing we had to do is talk some, some great kids early. You know, we had, we, I still remember those teams at eight man football, and, you know, had those kids, they were just as important as the kids are now, you know, they, uh, if had they have not come out and started eight man football and given it a try, uh, we would have had no team. So in our first year we played the eight man football. We had 11 kids on the team and, uh, it was a, a crazy experience, but you know, I felt like I needed to hire a great staff and I did. I had some guys that worked with me at Chaminade and some places before that, that, uh, um, you know, came on and, and gave the place a chance and, and grew the program. And, uh, you know, we had to get some name recognition and have people understand that, you know, Sierra Canyon, when you combine the education that we have with the, the, the place that we wanted it to be sports wise, um, you know, so we had to had to get some people interested in the school and, and kind of uh, create our brand. Um, and then obviously, uh, you know, from equipment to everything in between, it was uh, it was a wild ride. But, you know, quite honestly, that's why I took the job at Sierra Canyon over some of the other opportunities that I had was uh um, I could kind of build it in my own vision and I didn't have to be in a hurry. I was a young guy at the time and, um, you know, it was my first head coaching job. So I could just kind of take a risk on a place and they took a risk on me and, and it ended up being, I think, a pretty good thing for both of us. But, uh, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was, it's really been a, a great adventure, um, you know, building this thing from the ground up. And then it's, it's worked out for you, four Southern section championships, couple of state championships, um, did you ever envision when those six kids come out to Mason Park, which a lot of people, they don't know, that's where they film the Bad News Bears. <laughs> but did you ever envision it becoming what it is now that you guys are a state power football team? You know, obviously, I, I took this job because I knew, you know, and, and just in your interview, I met our headmaster who has been at Sierra Canyon with me the whole time. And uh I heard his vision and he's a great salesman and he had a, a vision of what he wanted Sierra Canyon to be. Um, and the way he described it to me was he wanted to uh, have a school that academics was first and foremost and the most important thing. Um, but he wanted to create a powerhouse sports program and he wanted to have what he could feel was the best independent school, uh, small school sports program in the nation. And that was his goal. And he knew it was a lofty goal. Um, but he wanted to, uh, you know, start making strides towards that. And so I, I really, I, the reason why I took this job is because I believed in Jim Scrumbus. I believed in his vision and, and what he was selling me because, you know, like I said, when I got hired, there wasn't even a school and we were in some little bank building and there was hundred kids, but, uh, you know, we've worked really hard to grow it, but, uh, I did, I, I never would have imagined what we've done, um, not only in football, but in all of our other sports and, and building the school that we've built with, uh, you know, the great matriculation and the way that the kids are going to great colleges. Um, you know, the, the school has grown beyond my wildest belief. And obviously football's had a lot of success along the way too. And that's something that I'm incredibly proud of. And I couldn't be more proud of the program that my staff and I have built. When you get kids that come in, there's, you know, you, you talk about the, the other major phenomenal programs in Southern California. When you go to modern day, you know it's expected. When you go to Servite, you know it's expected. When kids came to Sierra Canyon, they really didn't know what was expected. How did you build a culture? What were the most important things that you and that staff had to put together to have kids know that when you come to Sierra Canyon, this is what's expected? You know, I think I think the first thing that we really tried to focus on is is treating kids well. 
Um, the only way you're going to build a program from the ground up is is have some people saying some positive things about what you and your staff are doing. And the only way to do that is to, to treat kids right and and go out and give them a great product of, of coaching and try to uh, try to teach them the game. And as we've grown, it's been at different levels, whether that was eight man football or Division 10, you know, from Division 10 to four to three, whatever it may be, you know, along the way, we tried to uh, tried to work hard for these kids and give them something where they could look back and say, you know, that coach was uh, a guy that worked really hard for me. And I think along the way, that's, you know, the word kind of spreads and people have friends and, um, you know, that's how we've been able to kind of grow our program. And, uh, you know, we've created traditions along the way, which was really great from a ground up. And I think we've really tried to be a, I think the best way we can describe ourselves is we are kind of the little school that can, you know, we're even now at our, at our biggest stage, we've got, you know, 470 kids in our school and in our high school. And so we've always kind of got this David versus Goliath, this little chip on our shoulder. And, and we're going out and playing schools of, you know, 3000 kids, 3,500 kids. And, um, you know, you, you create a mindset and we built it around family and, and really caring for one another and, um, having a bunch of kids that are bought in and, and tough and smart. You know, that's the other thing about our kids. Is we get very smart kids and we're able to throw a lot at them. And uh, I think that that's led to having a pretty good brand of football on the field. And that's why they go to schools like Brown and Columbia and Northwestern and, you know, schools that I know where they are, but they'd never let me on the campus. <laughs> now, small school, limited facilities. And, and you told me this years ago, you have to practice all your levels together. What are the positives and negatives about that? Yeah, you know, I think I think first off, I mean, our facilities really have grown to where we've got a really beautiful field and great gym, and so it's not not what it was in the past. We've got beautiful facilities now, and we're actually going to be starting a, an expansion on our stadium where we're going to start playing home games here in the near future. So, really great things happening that that really our, our facilities have really gone to where a great place. And quite honestly, Tony, I think when we had that conversation that we were maybe in a little different place, but, uh, um, you know, we do practice as one team and it's not necessarily by necessity anymore. It's by design. You know, we uh, in the beginning days, we 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 didn't have a choice and we had to coach at both levels and we all had to be together. Um, now we've got more than enough kids and more than enough coaches that we could have a JV staff and a freshman staff and, and do that. Um, but really I, the best way I can describe it is us as varsity coaches is we're, we're investing in our, our young kids. And, and our goal is we have to get everything we can and we need as many kids that are young to start by the time they're sophomores, um, because that's the only way that our schools can survive and go off and compete against these big schools. Um, so we need those kids to understand our system. We need them to understand, uh, you know, our plays and, and our culture and, um, so, you know, we coach both levels and it's a lot of work for us as coaches, but really we've seen such a huge payoff. And I think that's one of the things that's really special about our program is when you come in, you're getting varsity coaching from day one. And that's a great thing for kids as you move forward, you know, because now you get to get, you know, your hands on that kid for four years and you get to build and grow and, and develop those kids into legitimate four-year players. And that's got to make you guys really happy when you see them come up to varsity and you don't really need to do a lot of system teaching with them. Absolutely. You know, I think a great example is a kid, uh, you know, we've got a, a young man now, uh, J.D. Hernandez, and before that was his brother, J.J., um, who both were four-year starters, you know, started for us as freshmen. Um, and by the time that they've, uh, you know, J.D.'s now, you know, uh, you know, I think he's got something like 57 games of starting experience. 
He's played in two state championship games. He's won three CIF championships. You know, he's had had a great run there. Um, but you know, there isn't anything anybody can throw at him that he hasn't seen. And you know, we, we our program is kind of known because of our size. We we play younger players earlier. I think we've got five years in a row of playing a freshman on varsity. And uh, you know, we've got a kid that's playing right now um, that's a freshman. And obviously, now we're playing at a pretty big stage. But uh, you know, a lot. I think a lot of that is because those guys come in early and uh, work with us at a, at a young age and, and get ready to play. And then when you get to that big stage, that CIF championship game, that state game, the stage is really not too big for them because they've got that experience. You talk about JD and JJ and, and, and what great kids they are. It's always fun to see them. But, you know, you take a kid like Jaden Peary. He's been there. And, and you're not gonna, he's not going to see anything that's too big in the near future. No doubt. I've, uh, you know, Chayden Peary started as a freshman. Um, and, you know, I can still remember Chayden Peary playing in big games as a freshman. You know, Chayden went out and beat Calabasas as a, as a, a freshman player. Um, and uh, that was a big stage. And that was a game that was on television. That was a game that uh, the stands were packed. And, um, you know, at the time was probably one of our bigger games that we had played in. And, uh, you know, now I fast forward, you know, three years later, he's still a junior. And, um, you know, Chayden we've played in big games this year and had some, some big victories and played against division one programs and all kinds of stuff. And, um, you know, he's got ice water in his veins and there's no, no stage that, uh, that he hasn't been a part of, you know, he's played in CIF championships, played in state championships and big games. And, you know, now as he's a junior, um, you know, he's excelling. Jaden has grown up so much as a young man, so much as a player. I couldn't be more proud of the quarterback he's become and, and the way that, uh, you know, he handles our team and, you know, really excited about the fact that, uh, you know, he's still an underclassman. His career didn't start out too well. Go back to that first <laughs> game. I think it was two fumbles in an yeah. interception or two interceptions in a fumble in his first three varsity positions. Yeah, no, I think I think you were calling that game, weren't you? Um, we did your Calabasas game uh, that yeah. – um, his freshman year. Gotcha. You know, yeah, that was uh, well, that was the Westlake game. We uh, – Unfortunately, we had a young man who was a starting quarterback, Mason Quant, who uh, who tore his ACL in the first. Uh, I think it was the second quarter, second drive of that game, uh, first quarter, and uh, so Chaden was kind of thrust into the limelight there. And uh, I think he kind of went into the game thinking there was no chance he was going to play. And and uh, before he knew it, we had turned the ball over three times. Uh, so we we, uh, we it's a it's a great story because that's his starting point, but by no means is that. Uh, you know, he's he's had some some great plays and, and great uh, victories since then. And he's gone nowhere but up. And, you know, you've got the playoffs this year and you've got another year with him. <laughs> Who is the first kid that came through your program that when you guys all looked around, you said, you know what, this young man can put us on the map? Oh, that that's definitely a great question there. And, and it's it's one that's actually very easy for me to answer. Um uh, we were in our, we had just finished our first year of 11 man, which was, like I said, we had played with, I'm sorry, our first year of eight man. And we played with 11 kids and, and, uh, you know, took some lumps and, you know, the next year we were really looking at how to change the program. And, and we had a, a young man that came to our school named Shane Harrison, who was, uh, he ended up playing in Sacramento state, um, but was just a, a really great kid, really great player. And, uh, uh, he came as a sophomore and, and we ended up, uh, playing in a championship game at the eight man level that year. And, uh, that, that was really the turn, you know, kind of, you know, he, he was in our last year of eight man and, and we had a successful year. And then, 
was a junior as we went into, uh, uh, you know, to play the 11 man stuff and um, ended up having a great career for us and played on both sides of the ball. You know, obviously at that time, most kids were playing both sides of the ball, but it was a great linebacker, great receiver. And, and uh, you know, quite honestly, if Sierra Canyon was where it was now, he would have probably gone to uh, uh, probably a little bit bigger stage as far as college goes to. No, and for years, you guys, you, you won at the lower levels you, you, and you got to climb that ladder. And people said, well, let's see them win at the higher levels. So in 2015, you guys are in Division 10. You go 14-1. and one, and The only loss was to San Marino in the state game. 2016, they move you up six divisions to Division 4. You go 16-0, and 0, win a state championship. All, all you guys do is, is win. Did that give you and the staff some sort of satisfaction to say to everybody, you can put us wherever you want, we're still going to win? You know, um, we always had confidence in ourselves, And uh, I, I had a really a wise coach tell me when I started my career that if people aren't talking smack about you, you're not doing anything. Um, and, you know, that's one thing that always people always have said is, oh, the small school, this small school, that. Um, you know, and back in the day, there wasn't much we could do about it. But we knew that we would get there. And uh, no doubt that, you know, we you brought up two games there, probably the highest of highs and lowest of lows, and one of them being San Marino, and then going on and winning a state championship the next year and, and, and being able to get it done. Uh, you know, we've, uh, we've kind of proven those people. I don't think anybody can really say that about our program anymore. You know, we've competed at a high level. We've played Division One programs, beat Division One programs, you know, go off and play teams like Valencia that have won, uh, you know, a ton of league championships and, competed at a high level there. And, and, uh, you know, we've had a lot of great victories now along the way and, uh, we're really proud of what we've done, but, uh, yeah, back in the day, people would say that, but, uh, I don't think anybody can really say that about us anymore. Well, one of those great victories a couple of years ago, Corona Del Mar, it's overtime. They scored, you scored, and we're up in the press box thinking, are you going to go for two or are you going to kick it? You guys go for two and you win it. And I thought, wow, that that took a lot of chutzpah. And then I asked you, I said, well, why did you not just kick the field goal? And you said, we were gassed. We either had to win it then or we weren't going to win that game. And I'm sure you remember that. Oh, man, that's uh, that's one of the highlights of my career. Um, I can still remember the uh, pandemonium right after we punched that one in. And yeah, no, there, my defensive staff, you know, we, we were playing a kid, uh, Garbers, Chase Garbers, who's now the starter at Cal and a really talented quarterback. And we had jumped up on them and had a really great game. And they came back on us and forced it to overtime. And then we were lucky enough to get uh, a couple scores in overtime and went double overtime and uh, looked at one of my defensive coaches. And he looked at me and said, it's time. And uh, I just was kind of evaluating it and then kind of a weird circumstance. Their coach ended up calling timeout, which gave me uh, some time to kind of uh, to uh, think about things. And then I lined up in a formation to see how they would line up and liked what I saw. I ended up calling timeout to just kind of set up the play and, and uh, looked at my tailback at the time, who was one of the greatest kids I've ever coached named Bobby Cole and said, Hey, what do you guys think? And he looked at me and said, go big or go home coach. And, um, that's what we did. And, and, uh, he landed about six yards in the end zone and, and, uh, was a huge victory for us. And then we ended up, uh, winning the CIF championship that night. And then we won the regional the next week and went off and went up to Sacramento state and, uh, won our, our second CI, our state championship, 
which was really an incredible experience. And I remember trying to find Bobby on the field after that. And I actually think 20 minutes later, I got him for an interview. Um, your coaching staff has been together for a very long time. How much does that play into practice planning, game planning, and the way you guys work together on a Friday night? Yeah, you know, I get a lot of credit and, and a lot of it is uh, is kind of undue to me. You know, I've got got the best coaching staff around, in my opinion. Um, and I've been very fortunate to keep a great group of guys. You know, I've got guys that are in it for the right reasons, care about kids, um, go the extra mile to uh, to make kids feel special, go the extra mile to to, to help kids get better. Um, and so I've been very fortunate to keep, you know, the core of my coaching staff around. And uh, we've got a really tight-knit group of coaches. And when I work on a Sunday, you know, right now, this time of year, we're working seven days a week. And i got to be honest, a lot of days it doesn't feel like work. We're having fun and uh and enjoying each other's company and uh you know i've got uh, mark mark survey who's my offensive coordinator uh, he's been with me for 10 years uh, mike gonzaga who's the defensive coordinator has been with me for uh seven years and then we've got some you know some some other guys the chief assistants alex rosenblum my offensive line coach who does a fantastic job and chris rizzo linebackers coach and um you know those are kind of my long-standing guys and then there's some guys there that have have really been with me uh and, and done a great job. So the, it really does, as a head coach, it makes my life easy. I don't have to have a lot of uh, meetings on how we want to do things or what we want to do. Um, you know, we've got systems in place, whether it be, you know, how we how we set up our game plan for the week or, you know, we've got things that we do that uh, everybody in the staff knows how to do it and where to go. And we get in on a staff meeting and I don't have to waste a bunch of time. We can kind of just get in and, and get working on our opponent. So um, very fortunate to have the staff that I've had and even more fortunate to have them uh, to stick around and, 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 you know, buy into our program and, and be a big part of what we do. Your league situation is a bit different. I spoke with Dean Harrington and he hates it that there's only one team that you guys play. Your one game is for a league championship. Do you feel the same way about it? Would you like to see it changed a little bit? You know, I just, I guess the best way I can always be is honest. <laughs> you know, I, uh, um, I hate the, what has happened in our league. I hate, uh, the way it's gone down. I got to be honest with you. It kind of, in my opinion, it goes against what competitive athletics stand for. Um, and I don't think you're teaching your kids anything by saying we're not going to play. Um, but to be honest with you, I love our rivalry with Paraclete. I mean, we had a fantastic game against him this last weekend and, and we were up against the ropes and, Ended up coming back to score 15 points in the fourth quarter to beat them, but uh, got a ton of respect for Dean Harrington and the, the job that his staff does, and, and they they put out a great product and they've won state championships. So we've got a nice little built-in rivalry with them, and and uh, you know back in the day we used to play them twice a year. We'd play them for a league championship and a CIF championship. Um, so that, you know that that's a great rivalry, and it's something that I really value. Um, and then what, what's happened with the league, with the, with the other schools electing to not play us, uh, you know, I, I don't agree with. I don't think that they're doing the right thing, um, but that's their choice. And to be honest with you, Tony, I think it's the best thing that's happened to my program um, by, by them allowing us to go off and schedule the best teams around. Um, we've kind of become like the Notre Dame University, you know, where we've got an independent schedule. And that's when I've gone off and I've scheduled, you know, the Calabasas of the world, which were big, big games for us, or Valencia or Grace Brethren, you know, some of these big games that we're playing in late in the year. Um, 
you know, we're, we're, we're battle tested when it comes to playoffs and we schedule a very tough schedule and we don't shy away from teams and, and, uh, um, you know, them not playing us has allowed us to play at a tougher level. And, and, you know, I think that's what's kind of pushed us up now to the division one, two level and, uh, allowed our program to grow. So, um, I don't like it because of the way it went down, but as far as my program, it was probably one of the better things that's happened to it. And, you know, I, I've said this to you and we've had this, this conversation that, you know, you guys started from the ground up, you know, there was nothing there and you've built this. I don't know why other teams can't follow that lead and, and be afraid to build a program and, and try and compete. But, but you're right because you don't have to play weaker teams. Nobody gains anything from a 50 to nothing win. You can go out and schedule those better teams, which prepares you for a playoff run. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, if you look at our schedule, we've played uh, one of the tougher schedules around now, and uh, we're trying to make it even tougher for next year. Um, and, and, yes, Tony, I mean, I, there's no doubt that, that our program – you couldn't have been in a worse spot than where our program started. And, uh, you know, we, we, I remember being scared to death to play certain teams and, and we took some lumps along the way. Um, but, uh, you know, we went out there and we competed and that's how our program grew. And, and uh, we had some great breaks along the way and, and had some great things happen and some great kids join our program. And, um, you know, we've been very fortunate. Um, but, uh, you know, it started with us, uh, you know, getting to work. And, and and that's okay because obviously when you look back at things, you think, you know what, this has benefited us. Speaking of new things, do you like the new division setup? Um, I'm sorry. Can you repeat that, Tony? The, the new division setup with the eight teams in division one and the 16 in division two, the way that that kind of fell into place this year. Yeah. You know, I, you know, initially I didn't know what to think of it. I just kind of, I'm not one of those guys that sits around and, crunches numbers about where we're going to be. And I just kind of have taken the approach that we're going to be wherever we are and there's not much we can do about it. And we're going to, you know, try to go out there and compete as hard as we can. Um, but I do think in a lot of ways they got it right. I, th- I have to say, I think that the one, the next step that they have to, that would make sense to me is evaluating the team season at the end of the season. You know, there's so many different avenues now to, uh, to get data, you know, there's Cal preps and max preps and they've all got these numbers and, after on Saturday at the end of the game, we all know if our ranking went up or down. Um, you know, I think that it makes sense to evaluate these divisions in in the moment as opposed to based on what last year's team did. Um, but with that being said, I think that the CIF in a lot of ways, you know, it, they got it right. I mean, there might be a scenario where they make the upper division smaller or, or uh, you know, figure that out. But, uh, um you know, it's it's it, it does seem like, you know, at least now in the division one and two levels, they are evaluating in the moment and they've got a system based on the coaches poll and how many division one victories you have and that sort of stuff that that, uh, you know, place different teams in different places. And uh, I can tell you that there's, you know, you look at division one, obviously an incredibly challenging bracket. And uh, you look at the division two bracket. I mean, it's murderers row, too. I mean, there's uh, there's. There's 16 really good football teams, and any one of those 16 teams could win on any given night. So it's going to come down to whichever team plays better football and plays plays at a higher level. And, and we talked about that on our selection show on, on Sunday. Now, the, theoretically, you guys just missed out on that Division One. When you saw that you were not in Division One, did you kind of say, okay, good, we don't have to face modern-day St. John Bosco but we're the number one seed in Division Two. Is there extra pressure on you now? Do you think? You know, it's 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 uh, 
it's funny, you know, with the way our program has gone and, you know, since we've been here for 13 years, the one thing that's been really important to me is having an upward trajectory and having our program go the right way. And obviously, you know, we went out and, and won, uh, won some lower level CIF championships and then worked our way up to division four and won a CIF and the CIF championship there, won division three and, and then ended up going on and beating the division two champion last year. So, you know, we have been on an upward trajectory and I think kind of the nice thing, the seat I was sitting in on Sunday, um, I felt like whatever happened, it was a upward trajectory for us and it was uh, the next step for our evolution of our program. And so had we have been put in division one, it would have been a huge honor. It would have obviously been a huge challenge and, uh, but uh, it would have been a step forward for us and we would have gone out there and done the best we can and seen where that had gone. Um, and I think, you know, the future holds that for our program, hopefully. And uh, we want to eventually go out there and, and throw those, throw our chips against it and see where we line up. Um, you know, and this year it ended up working out where we were the uh, the first team in, in Division Two, And uh, we've been the top seed in the playoffs before, and it's an honor. Um, but really the way the CIF bracket is nowadays, and especially because you don't keep your seat as a home team, um, you know, it really doesn't matter. You know, you're going to go out and – I've been in the top seed and, and thrilled with my bracket and the top seed and disappointed and thinking, man, we got kind of kind of a hard bracket here. So, you know, at the end of the day, you got to go out there and play football and we're going to play a good team and we're going to play a heck of a team this week. And so, uh, you know, we've got a great challenge ahead of us in, in our program. If we're going to be lucky enough to compete at this division, I mean, we're going to have to rattle off four wins against four excellent football teams. Yeah, and one of them, you look at their record and you think, oh, Rancho Santa Margarita, they're three and seven, but they're not a regular three and seven team. They're a division one, two team like you guys. They're a Trinity League team, which a lot of people think is the toughest league in the country. What do you know about them besides the fact that they've played a lot of tough teams just like you guys have? Yeah, what I can tell you I know is I know they're not the 16th best team in this bracket. And, uh, you know, they have uh, – yeah, they've got some losses, but I can tell you those losses are against teams like St. John Bosco, Modern Day, you know, the number one team in Colorado, Mission Viejo, Jay Sarah. <laughs> you know, so we're talking about the uh, the best teams around. And uh, when I watch this team, I look at a deep team. They've got 70-something kids on their team and nobody going both ways. And uh, – you know, very intricate schemes on both offense and defense. And, uh, you know, this is a very good football team we're going to play on Friday night. And so we've got a great challenge ahead of us. And, uh, uh, you know, obviously playing at the Division Two level, we would expect that. And uh, watching Santa Margarita on film, um, they are a Trinity League team and they are battle-tested. They've played the best around. And, uh, you know, I don't think this team is going to be shying away from any competition. Now, your team, you've got a lot of experience from last year. But when you look at the roster, you are still young. Where have they gotten better the most this season? And what do they need to do in the next four weeks for you guys to hoist another trophy? You know, we we definitely are very young. And if you look, uh, you know, we uh, – We've, we're not, you know, there's, there's some great kids that are going to be leaving the program this year, but we've got a very young team and, and we've got sophomores and, and juniors kind of starting all over the place. And so, uh, you know, I think we've grown up. One thing we're doing is playing fantastic defense. And, uh, you know, we have, I knew we were going to do this. I think I, you did our first game of the year and I talked to you then. I said, we're going to be a defensive minded team. We're going to be a team that, you know, 
um, if we're going to be successful, our defense is going to put us in great spots and we're going to play good special teams and, um, and then have timely and opportunistic offense, which we've done. Um, but what I like about our team is we've been physical. Uh, we've been great tacklers and uh, we haven't been pushed around. And, uh, you know, I think we've got a, 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 a championship-like mindset. You know, even in last week's Paraclete game, you know, we were behind. But you could feel that the kids believed. And, uh, you know, we played Grace Brethren, which was one of the better teams in the area a couple weeks ago. And, and uh, you know, our kids went out there and they were ready for a fight. They didn't shy away from it. So, you know, I like the mentality of this team. I think there's uh, some tough, hard-nosed kids and, and some great athletes. Now, the school itself, Sierra Canyon, has been a hot spot for talent, not only with football, but basketball as well. What is it like with LeBron's kid running around, Dwayne Wade's kid running around? And is it kind of like a, a weird feeling, a weird vibe around that campus, or is it kind of cool for everybody? You know, I got to be honest with you, man. I, I just don't see it that way. Um, you know, they they are uh, seem like great kids. and. Uh, you know, I don't look at kids based on who their parents are. And, uh, you know, they, they, we've got some some great kids that have great, done great things in our program and, and uh, in our school. And, uh, you know, those two that you mentioned are, are among those. And, uh, you know, really proud of our basketball program and what they've been able to do. That program has grown at a, at a great level, too. And, uh, you know, Sierra Canyon being the type of school we are, uh, we definitely have some people, you know, some stars, kids and, um, you know, celebrity celebrity children but uh you know i don't think i ever look at them and think any different than i do of a normal student so uh you know i I, uh, i'll be trying to wrap up this football season and do the best we can and then i'll be a big fan of the other teams and and be there rooting them on try and get uh, those kids to come out and play some football for you maybe in the future (laughs) you know i haven't had a lot of success with that we had a young man uh named remy martin who's now the uh the point guard at uh, Arizona State has actually had a great first two years of his career. Um, he was one of the only basketball players that I've had any success of trying to talk out. I've I spent my first uh, five or six years there trying to politic and get those guys out on the football field, and I I kind of kind of realized it was a little bit of a fruitless uh, a fruitless <laughs> effort. But uh, we actually there's a couple couple basketball players that I've been in their ear, and uh, one of them's dad played in the NFL. And uh, is is a guy I told I told him, hey man, you don't have to play football. Just come down on the goal line, and we'll throw fades to you. So you'll be our our ten yard and in uh, wide receiver. And he laughed at me and said, I might be able to do that. So uh, you're you're a great rebounder, son. Just go up and get the ball. Yeah, absolutely. We need one of those guys on our team. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'll have some some success with that down the road. Right, last thing before I let you go, I want to ask you five quick questions. And the first thing that comes to your mind, just answer it that way. Okay. Your favorite cartoon growing up? Oh, man. I wasn't really into cartoons. I remember watching the Smurfs. So I guess uh, I would probably say that's it. First car you drove in high school? I had a Dodge Ram truck. Your high school GPA, be honest. I think I was right about a 3-3 with PE. <laughs> I think all of us had that PE bump. <laughs> What did you want to be when you grew up when you were a kid? You know, going through high school and, and everything, I always uh, – my goal was to be in the FBI. All right. And In-N-Out or Tommy's? That's an easy one. I, I don't like chili on my burger, so In-N-Out. All right. Well, John, I 
cannot thank you enough. I know your family's under the weather. I, I hope they all feel better. Uh, and I hope that we run into each other uh, soon, a couple weeks into the playoffs. I know we don't have your game this week. I would love to have it, but you know, it's always a pleasure to do your games. It's always a great time to see you guys and you and Mike and, and survey and Mark Shahabi and, and, and everybody within your program continued good luck down the road. Hey, thank you, sir. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. I consider you one of the good guys in the business and, uh, always a great time to sit down and talk with you. And I do hope you have some of my games because that means we're able to have, uh, have one this weekend. So hopefully I will see you down the road this year. Fantastic, John. Good luck and thanks for joining me here. It was great. Thanks, sir. Take care. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate it. We're available on all of the directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn. If you have any suggestions for the show, please let me know via email, tonymoskal at gmail.com or via Twitter at Tony Moskal. Thank you for joining us here, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.